Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts. So I want to ask you a big question oh, yeah. uh, about Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, never been nominated. Never been no- knowledge. <laughs> never been nominated. <laughs> yeah. Will Smith, Chris Rock. Oh yeah. As Wait, a comedian. What happened? Is okay. Happened? As a okay. Firstly, two things here. There's two big questions. Okay. Firstly, as a comedian, I want to hear your thoughts. Right. Secondly, as a as a woman. Okie dokie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also w- being a woman, uh, putting yourself in Jada Smith's position. Right. It, wrong. Right. Everything oh, above. See. What do you think? Well, I think it was a very. Cl- Thank you for asking me this. Is that, is that, is, because actually what I think is that it was the, the furore afterwards made it clear how mixed messages men are getting about how to be a good man. Wait, right. what do you mean? What do you mean? Because I, look, I didn't grow up male, but I saw a lot in Essex at school and afterwards this idea of manhood, being mm. a man. Yeah. Loyalty, defending, sticking up for yourself, what's right. But there, was, there was lots. And one of them did involve sort of violence is necessary in some situations. Mm. When I grew up in Romford, there was absolutely a sense that you defended your mum, for instance. Your mum jokes were Mm. the worst thing at school because someone was insulting someone who wasn't there, who was your mother. And And you would fight them? Yeah. There would be a situation where that would absolutely be legitimate. And in terms of, so fast forwarding that 30 or 40 years and then Mm -hmm. seeing Will Smith defending his wife, he wasn't defending himself and he would never have done that if it was a joke at his expense, that little, that little knife edge he was sitting on when another man, several feet away, I think it's really tricky because obviously we're not at school anymore. No one thinks that fighting is right. But I think, we, I think men get complicated messages. Yeah, they do. Be like this, this is strong, but not too much like that. But is there, is there I mean, what do you think? Oh, no, I, just, I think as a society in general, we're just so confused. No one knows what, the hell to do anymore because two things are true at once yeah because you have this evolutionary truth which is here's how you be a strong man yeah that's respected and that makes you much safer and less likely to be sort of attacked by other men but then you have this like modern society put over the top which says do that and you'll go to prison as a comedian is, is there sometimes when you get to a point where a joke is not funny obviously yes all the time jokes aren't funny and this is where comedy and when I say dangerous, I don't mean obviously people in the world actually have danger in their mm-hmm. lives. Um, but there is a danger because everyone has to get the joke for it not to be offensive. And that's, that's never going to happen. No, but it does happen. And that's why you end up with things like with Jimmy Carl's recent yeah. show. That show was on Netflix for 
weeks, it was number one trending before someone pointed out, excuse me, that joke is absolutely abhorrent. Mm. And then everyone read it or saw it out of, out of <laughs> context of the show and went, how could you just put those words together and say it out loud? But he was touring that show and audiences weren't revolting or walking out or because mm. they were seeing it. I mean, it's such a strange thing. Because you'll see, you're seeing it in, in context rather than because seeing it. Because if you took lots and lots of jokes out of the person's mouth and wrote, I mean, saw it written down, you'd go, bullying, bullying, nasty, making the world worse. <laughs> bullying, yeah. bullying, 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 bullying. And I say this as a comic who on panel shows, I laugh at things I think I don't agree with. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and mm. I'll go home and go, God, I'm the worst. I'm the person sitting next to the bully. Being like, oh, 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 saying that about Theresa May's hair. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like that. And you go, I'm, I'm, I'm even worse because I don't think you should be mean. But that's a personal choice. I don't think you should be mean. But then sometimes what you think isn't mean. Someone's points out um, so that like, actually is mean and it's then like you, a yeah. like a societal bandwagon they then implant their anger into people that didn't originally have anger yeah. from the jokes they're like oh actually maybe i should be or, or you this. just think about it differently because you go <laughs> we we laugh because we have this sort of empathy failure or empathy gap we're like mm -hmm. oh it's wordplay i know he doesn't mean it and then someone points out well actually these people are having a terrible time in in their lives because of jokes like this they're getting bullied in the playground or this is happening or um, they're not being properly respected by the government. And then you go, oh God, it's so awful. And why would you say that then? Why would, why would a rich millionaire like punch down to these people? And as soon mm. as you consider that, of course you don't think it's funny at all. And no joke, I think, can survive that kind of dissemination. But, mm. then, but then you could do not that. Like, no, but I'm still chuckling. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah still funny no, or funny. Yeah, yeah, you're like, no, the minute you bring in actual people's pain, oh. Yeah, I yeah. get that. Okay, but then if we go back to the scenario, so so we so we established that sometimes a joke can be unfunny, but all the time, all the time it can be unfunny. Mm. But in in the in the if you tell the joke, okay, it, 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 let's take Jimmy Carr for example, yeah. right? Okay, if, if he says the joke in front of the front of people, you know, in front of you know a group of people, then surely you're sort of doing it in open sides again. Then you're sort of it is a joke because you're it's sort of that tongue in cheek way. Mm. So Chris Rock at the Oscars doing it in front of Jada Smith, it, it's obviously a joke because mm. it would be nasty if you did it behind someone's back. Does that make sense? It definitely makes sense. And I think it's a, a, an argument that you could use. I remember when I very first started comedy, I can't remember, it was an American comic talking about how if you had to change your material based on the tables at the front. So mm. for instance, if you had a joke and then you had a big table of African-American people and you thought, okay, I'm going to skip that joke, then that's a racist joke. Yeah. Mm. So there definitely is some value in that kind of thinking but when chris rock or whoever wrote his stuff for the oscars thought about that joke he didn't think he was going to upset jada pinkett smith i don't think he was like i don't care if i upset her my joke is so brilliant about gi jane mm. yeah whereas sometimes comics do know that they upset people like ricky gervais with trans people mm. knew that he was going to upset people and was upsetting people and believed that his routine was so important or strong it didn't matter that's weird though. I, I find it weird. I find it weird when so I, I saw this with another comic, an American comic, who um, they were doing some sort of roast or something like mm -hmm. that. I can't remember what it was. And a lot of his material was taken out because it was too offensive. Oh, really? And he said, well, I want my whole thing to be pulled. Oh. Because it, for, for me, my, my, my stand-up isn't as good then without that. So oh, that isn't in. Which I find strange, right? Which is, seems like a, that seems yeah. like a sort of a, a, a elitist sort of like view on yourself. 
I don't know. I, what, don't know. I, don't know. I, was, I think it'd be like if someone came into your podcast and went, okay, so we liked it when you're talking about miscarriage, but we're going to take everything else out. And you'd be like, but then it's a weird chat where we just say to Sarah Pascoe, so you've had a miscarriage. <laughs> and you might go, that's not our conversation really meandered. I'm good at interviewing. <laughs> okay. I just, and then that, we ended by going, so you're all right then. And then we went to yeah. an ad. And I talk about weapons or anything. Yes. Yeah. Finish so, on it. A- so I think, I think people are allowed to be the authors of their work. Yes. I think they are allowed. I mean, I, I, I honestly think this is, it's a real to and fro. Comedy is supposed to entertain people who've gone out for the night. Yeah. And if you're making, if you're ruining some of those people's nights, I would say you're not doing your job very well, but other people go, I'm an agitator. <laughs> yeah. I'm, making I'm a disruptor. Yeah, I I'm, I'm a jester. <laughs> making I'm society a... look in the mirror. And they, <laughs> they think I'm a look, jester. They do. They say that. They go, mm. oh, um, it's, like the, it's like Shakespeare's time. Talking truth to power. Like they really do think that they're, they're <laughs> like anarchists mm. um, yeah. about themselves and their work. And, you know, good luck. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a people pleaser and I well, want yeah. people to be pleased yeah. I'd rather they but were surely like, all yeah, comedians I, are people pleasers some of them really enjoy some, some people I remember some people say things like a groan is as good as a laugh <laughs> what? <laughs> who said that? Shakespeare the worst thing ever some people like puns and wordplay and things <laughs> a groan is, a groan is, good. is as good that's, as a laugh that's where stand up is similar to comedy as well yeah. uh, to um, sex sorry not yeah. comedy <laughs> <laughs> if I can get a groan I know yeah. that I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that, yeah. but I do find it um, because I, I would say that there must be a part of a lot of comedians, right? Because as a comedian, you're 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 not so sort of narcissistic, I suppose. Or like anyone in any trade, right? When you're when you're trying to entertain others, you're not just going out there. Oh, the reason why I'm doing this is because I think I'm really funny, and I want to see if other mm. people think I'm funny. You're, you're doing it because you're going. Well, actually, for me, what it does, it sort of I get to go on stage, something I love to do. I get to write stuff, which is um, a kind of sort of very fun, sort of artistic way to release whatever it is. But also, there must be a sense of where you do people please. Yeah. Like comedians are, are people pleasers because they are yeah. the jester. The jester yes. was there to please. Yeah. Others speaking the jester. But this is why someone wrote a really good response to someone calling themselves the jester, because the jester was someone who was an outsider at court, whereas lots of comedians are mi- millionaires. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the idea of like, mm. oh, I'm just talking truth to power. It's like, oh, you are the establishment, or we are. Yes, we are the establishment. Like that's what yeah. I find funny now is like that comedians were a, a, a comedian, right? Is typically they're like the underdog. Mm. That's what you sort of, as a sort of. Watchers as the audience, the watchers. The watchers. <laughs> That's what. <I> mean. <laughs> the watchers. Really creepy. Yeah. 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 As the watchers. Hello, watchers. <laughs> How are we doing, watchers? <laughs> Thanks for coming. But as audience yeah. members, you're there looking at the comedian, and you you're definitely sort of saying, right, you have control as the audience. The comedian doesn't really have control. What they think, right? Mm. You're going, well, you make me laugh. So here we go. Mm. And then you make it laugh. You go, oh, I like you because you're actually making mm. me laugh. So there's a control thing. However, it doesn't quite work because actually the, the comedians, especially, you know, we know comedians now make a huge amounts of money and they go, I don't really need to be here. So oh, do, yeah. do you see what I mean? So actually it, the sort of roles have changed in terms of like, in terms of, I don't know how I put this without making it sound that money is the beer owner because it's absolutely not. Well, it, but, but it is an important factor in status. Yes, uh, yeah. And it, and it always will be. Yes. But, um, Steve Martin wrote an amazing book about stand-up because he was an unsuccessful stand-up for a really long time and then he became successful, which is a lot less fun than being unsuccessful. When he was playing stadiums, um, they didn't ever want to hear his new material. They wanted, because he had this really, really successful album. So he was having to do really old material that they knew every word to, so weren't laughing. Mm. Um, 
but but he has something about sort of dressing in a suit as he said as a comedian even if your life is terrible even if you're going to talk on stage about how terrible your life is you have to look like it's going well because the audience have to believe well, look at this down and out keeps falling over and ruining things but they have to believe you're successful otherwise why are they there why are they paying their money to watch you mm. and louis ck who just won a grammy controversially did he yeah what yeah so that's another controversy get out of town so um for some people controversy but he used to have an amazing routine about flying business class so like when he's doing a routine about actually here's here was his line i'm, I'm gonna murder it but basically it was how um and um, so i was on an airplane in business class because my life's going better than yours with the self-awareness which is obviously what everyone always loved about louis ck so um with the self-awareness of comedians a comedian like him when you're sitting in a, a room full of tens of thousands of people you know how much money they're making not only in their life but that night from yeah, you, you you, can you can't pretend mm. that aspect of it isn't there so you have to acknowledge, have to acknowledge it. it that's yeah. very so. funny that's why when you have mickey flanagan walk stage he does a very funny skit where he, he pretends he's got a leaf blower and he blows away the 50 pound notes does it yeah he oh, does yeah. it he's, he, yeah. Yeah, he's oh i'm so rich i have to use a leaf blower that's very funny. i think i killed that yeah. no no but it's the same thing it's yeah. going here's my honesty now to the audience. You first got involved when I was doing stand-up about this because mm. that's when my life was. And now that went so well, I have to find a new shtick or a new version of it. Comedy, I still think, is one of the only places really where you can't become a, like an overnight sensation. Like, like mm. loads of other things you can. Music yeah. you can, right? Oh, yeah. Well, like, but but you still have to learn your instrument. That You couldn't become an overnight sensation and go, I know three chords on the guitar. No. There's still, I think, comedy... Number one, I think it's a place where working class people, there's no um, advantages. There's no parental advantages like, oh, yeah, yeah. my dad's, hey, dad's, this, we my can dad's do that. Um, Johnny Vegas. So <laughs> I'm already John... at the of the Apollo. Like you don't get this like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. nepotism. And the, the venues, all of it is quite cross class. There's no advantage to certain universities. Yes. There is in sketch actually, but not in standard. Is there right. in sketch? In sketch, there's the whole footlights thing. For a very long time, it was all... You know, like Stephen Fry and people like that. Mm. Yeah. Footlights and... Uh, but that's yeah. interesting. So it is, it's one of those places that isn't... But when I say viral hit... Yeah, I understand with you musicians, you have to have that time and things mm. like that. But you can suddenly have a song that goes doof off. Yeah. But, but people in stand up would go, like, there are some comics, and this is, like, they're brilliant comics who just know who they are so quickly, like Ramesh Ranganathan. Like, he's much newer than I am. And he probably did Apollo like after four years after his first gig, maybe three. It was so soon. What? He knew who he was. He had so much stuff to talk about. He was so naturally brilliant. Mm. He's so naturally brilliant. There are certain people. Other people take like a decade to find their voice. Um, Ashling B is about two years newer than me, or maybe three years. And I remember watching her first or maybe second gig. She was an actor. She was emceeing a night at um, somewhere in Clerkenwell, at this pub. And she was so funny. The audience didn't want any of the acts to come on. And she was just chatting to him. She was just asking him questions. Like she really? wasn't even a stand-up at that point. And then everyone just kept saying, have you seen Ashling B? Have you seen this girl Ashling B? Mm. Like she wow. was forced to become a comedian because she was just so exceptionally funny. That is so, do you think, do you think now the comedy circle, like everything else has changed slightly? Where, yeah. where it's not where you can find, okay, let's go and do a gig in the pub. Now mm. let's go and do a gig yeah. in a bigger pub. And let's go and do a gig in now the comedy, you know, uh, comedy store. It's now that there is so many more aspects to it and also people are so it's very hard to find new comics because people have yeah. their 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 but, but i would say it would be like music in that to find new comics you just have to go to the places where bands are actually playing and getting together and doing their first gigs because there are 
there's so many open mic nights, but actually people want a bit of privacy when they're, when when they're, they're practicing. Doing it. Yeah, they're practicing. Mm-hmm. They don't want massive crowds. You want crowds of 10 people where you're kind of working out what you do. But it has changed because this shows. So in, when I first started comedy, I was like, everyone's so lovely because it's a time of plenty because it went from being four channels to all these digital channels. So there were so many places for people to do comedy and mm. so many panel shows and it felt like a time of plenty yeah like, so everyone was being really generous my generation were like the bitter old guys from the old days who are very like you know competitive with each other we're all just like encouraging mm. and f- we're actually friends and then <laughs> so so that was like an amazing change and then now the change is online yeah TikTok i know and youtube yeah. and things i don't understand don't do and i, I spoke so then you become a bit bitter it's like oh god i don't get it it's not bitterness it's more just going oh i'm the dinosaur so mm. quickly <laughs> so quickly i went from being a fresh young thing <laughs> the future and then so i yeah i spoke at, um, a stand-up course the other day and they were all like so what do you have to do online and i was like nothing <laughs> have a twitter tweet about your gigs <laughs> <laughs> and they were like but it's all like people now have tiktoks and they have all this yeah. money and that's, they said agents would ask in like about we are following they ask when, when you have your meetings like how many followers have you got and i'm like <gasps> i don't know how to prepare how many, you for how that. many watches do you have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how many people watching i, 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 I guess with, with the social media stuff especially with tiktok that's where you will start to get comedians who kind of do become an overnight sensation yes. they have one skit that just blows up yeah and then, yeah but it's different but then, then they've got to then build on that and they actually yeah. don't it's have e- this it's armory editing of, it's different of, it's uh, editing i think though it's a different format but well, no, no, it does i'm not, mean I'm not saying set. about the format or anything yeah. i'm just saying you will have people that can create themselves and um, i can't remember the guy's name but the guy who does a really he did a really really fantastic parody of will smith he did a song uh, uh, munya yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's, that that's a that's within covid times isn't it yeah but he blew up over that exactly exactly so and he and i was gonna say everyone knows his name i proved he did it but uh, um but you were definitely recognizable mm. absolutely and then that that can can be transferred because he's got a panel show now does he have a panel show? Yeah, yeah he's doing lots Jess of TV Nappet. stuff I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. With Jess Nappett. Mm-hmm. Jess Nappett and I think Tom Allen. It's three of them anyway. Um, oh, it's I, I know. It's the yes. Channel 4 one about the news. Yeah, someone telling you in your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that? Yeah. yeah, it's about the news. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Them. 
But yeah. I think I, I do agree with you, though. I, I, I think that comedy has changed and everything has changed. Mm. But I, I still feel that um, I feel I feel that people have their the comedians that they like and gone are kind of the days where you would go and watch, oh, this new comedian. Mm. People are so instant now that they want to go. I know that person. OK, I'm going to see them. Oh, that's, that's your take. So my take is. Yeah. It's expensive to see. Like, again, it comes down to money. So Edinburgh, let's say everything used to cost a five, five pounds in the 80s. Mm. So if you went to Edinburgh with your 50 pounds, you could take a risk on people you hadn't seen. You could also go and see Frank Skinner, who you really liked, da, 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 and that would be your festival. When you make it 17 pounds or 20 pounds yeah. to go and see comedy on a Saturday night, um, I'm I'm rich and I find that shocking. Yes, I, like, it's got, shocking. No comedy is that good. Like, yes. yeah, what are you doing? Um, and so, and then some people obviously a lot more than that. But yeah. at least when it's a musical and you're paid 80 pounds, she goes, there's loads of costumes, there's loads of people on stage. And I can get round trees at like half time yeah, or whatever it is. built a bit, there's a top bit on the theatre and a stand-up walks out and there's a t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. You're like, oh, come on, mate. <laughs> With your little mic stand that you yeah, move yeah. out of the way, there's nothing to look at. <laughs> so, so I think- There's so I, nothing to look so at. So that's the problem. It's like, how can you take a risk on a new comic if that's going to be- and then people don't want to go to free comedy because they think it's bad because there are free comedy. Yes, they don't, they don't like it. Yeah. So, so psychologically, you want to have invested something, but it should be, I think it should be cheaper than the cinema. As in you can buy- Cinema's a, expensive. Exactly. So you could go, if it's in a pub, you can buy a couple of drinks and watch the comedy. It should be cheaper than the cinema. So the comedy should cost seven pounds. That's what I mean. Wow. I okay, said, I get it. There's new comedy nights. There's six comedians on. They've all, you know, they've gigged before. They're not Jamie Lang at the comedy store. Yeah, that <laughs> was free, I think. That was a real freebie to come watch that. But I agree with yeah. you. I think that's totally right. Yeah. Can I also, uh, okay, what happens? And you're, you, you broke up with another comedian. Oh, yeah. Um, Are you friends with him? Is that what this is? No, great? no, okay. we're not. But I've got him here today. He's, he's yeah. got a podcast. Does he have a podcast <laughs> yeah. as well? Is, he's there, is there a, a podcast boy club? Is yeah. there a WhatsApp <laughs> group where you slag me off? <laughs> 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 yeah, we got my that, was phone a, that was a serious question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> but so you you guys would you guys both did material about mm, each other. Yeah. Did you watch his set? I didn't watch his show after we broke up. Um I really and part of the reason was because I really wanted him to have his privacy. Mm. If you knew your ex was going to come and see it, number one, that show would be really weird. Yeah. Because the people in the audience who did know who he was talking about would also know I was there. So, but does that make an element of like, oh my god, excitement? Oh my god, oh my god! I, my theory, very arrogantly, was that that show did really well because the people, lots of lots of his audience, did know who he was talking about. When yes. You go, when you go on stage and you go, my ex girlfriend leaves the toilet seat up. I don't know. I, oh, haven't, I haven't seen good the show. Gag. Yeah. <laughs> I pissed myself. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't seen the show, but if they say something like that, when you actually know who they're talking about and it feels a bit naughty or a bit like, oh, I'm getting inside information, I think it makes it. Funnier. It does. It makes or, it more relatable. Yeah, they more understand relatable, it. Rather than just, God, he's just talking about his ex for an hour. How boring. So we didn't go and see each other's stuff. And it was like the ending of a film, actually, because when we were together, he had this obsession with winning the award in Edinburgh. This is big award. It used to be called the Perrier. It's got different names all the time. And he used to, he used to sometimes be in the bath, like practicing his speeches. And I was such an unsupportive his, his uh, acceptance speech. Acceptance speech. So I, I was Shut such up. an unsupportive girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. You're never going to win it. But I would say, I would say, <laughs> You're too, like, you're just a straight stand-up. Like, that always goes to, like, mimes or people dressed as balloons. Like, it goes to people doing, like, really, like, pushing the genre forward. Yeah. Like, it's a, 
about the art. People yeah. dressed as balloons, people pushing just... the genre forward. <laughs> yeah, that's it. People doing mime as well. That's like... No, they do. Uh, mimes have won it twice in the time <laughs> really? I've been what? doing Edinburgh. Yeah. So it's always very, very funny shows, I have to say. I'm not saying this dismissively. The show that wins is never, it, it was, was never in my experience, just a guy with a microphone right. talking about his life. It was always someone where you went, wow, I've never seen that done before, as well as very funny. So I kept saying to him, let go of him. He was so obsessed with it and he'd be so broken hearted on the day he wasn't nominated for the award. And then we broke up and he only fucking went and won it. <laughs> Did and he it actually? It was the end of oh a movie. God. It was the end of a All I had to do was leave him. All I had to all do. All you had to do all that you time. You were holding him back. Yeah. It was so that, your disbelief kept, in him. I kept thinking if this was a film, like the, the, the end of it would be reminding you that I went into him and he was in the bathroom and you're never going to win. <laughs> no one believes If they do a biopic, you're going to be that horrible that's ex. It. That's, like, that's it. Laughing at yeah, him. Yeah. You're, you're a loser. Exactly. You'll never make it. I know. And then he was this incredible success story. My, my agent... In Edinburgh, you really kind of focused on yourself. My agent said, um, the day that nominations came out, she rang to check I was okay. And I was like, well, I, I thought you were ringing to say you died. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have so, you heard? Have yes, you heard? Yeah, she was like, have you heard about John? I was like, oh. And she was like, and I, I, it was just, it was like the ending of a film. But that's quite a nice no, round I mean, up in a great nice. way. It is nice. And I think, it, I wish it was juicier. There's not much gossip in comedy. So people who no. have to write about comedy, journalists, they would love it if there was much more like, and and then he did this, and then she did that. But actually, it's a sort of like it's straightforward. we really respect each other. Well, about after he got that award, we like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then something I was, yeah. I, I was sniffing round again. He got, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, ten grand he got. Yeah. <laughs> <His present. laughs> All right. <laughs> and oh, genuinely, ten grand he got. <laughs> Standing outside, is in your best boots. Yeah, like. yeah. yeah. yeah someone made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it is it is it is true but i didn't realize you, what about you have you ever had relationships with people in the same industry yeah yeah i, I have I, I i married my my fiance you married your fiance i'm getting married to my fiance <laughs> that's not a job yeah, that, i'm married to my fiance. Yeah. but i've i've i think dating within the same industry um unless it's i think it's i think it's tricky mm -hmm. um I think it's tricky uh, because I would say it was tricky for what we were doing because the whole sole purpose was to focus in on relationships ah. and the currency was drama. They wanted yeah. to, they wanted chaos. Did you ever genuinely get your feelings hurt? Do people get yeah. genuinely hurt? Oh yeah, hurt? definitely. People definitely That's get horrible. hurt. That's horrible. Yeah, reality it's, is hard on the soul. It's yeah. it's it's like. It's like it's too much. And also, what happens is that's why I always find it interesting about comics is. Um, when you do reality TV, you think everything's a scene because you're doing it so much. Yeah. So then when you go into dinner parties with your friends or you go for meetings, you think you're in a scene. Oh. So you think you have to entertain. So oh. you're always, you're all, or I was, I was always on entertain mode. Yeah. All the time. But also, I guess you've always got cameras. Always have cameras. Making you feel a bit mad, but a bit, you're visible. And then especially mm. if you are recognized, yeah. then you are visible actually everywhere you are. If you're in a bar having a conversation... You're always People on looking. show and you're, yeah. and you're also on show for being who you are. So that makes it even harder. So yeah. you're constantly having this internal conversation with yourself. Is that like, okay, I'm not funny enough. All oh, that scene wasn't good enough. Not even scenes. Mm. So basically you're meeting your friends or your, you know, yeah. relatives, whatever it is. And you think, well, oh, I'm going to get an Uber rating at the end yeah. of this. You know, and that's I, um, tough. I've been making documentaries. And so while it's not the same as a sort of structured reality, it is because um, very similarly, you know, you're interviewing an old man in a church and you can feel that what's, it's, what's the documentary on? <laughs> old, men, old men in churches yeah. Yeah. it's um, going to be big um, it's on BBC4 um, 
<laughs> no, but you have a, the voice in your head is the director going, come on, look, make it juicy. Like, there you where's, go. Where's the, oh, right. the, the yeah, yeah, you can't you. just go, this is lovely. Both agreeing with each other. Because it's church. boring. It's yeah. boring for a documentary. Where's the story? It's, it's always, and then you find yourself having to do things that aren't authentic. On one documentary, I was made mm. to be scared of bees. And it felt, you know, Rather because... Far. Sorry, what is... Sorry. That is the most random thing. <laughs> what it thing. was, is that I was travelling with a blind man. And, and sorry, are you, are you sure you haven't had like a manic episode <laughs> and you've created this fake sorry. documentary? Sorry, head. it's another one of my lines. This happened to Joanna Lumley. Yeah. Uh, um, so, so if, if, if me and this blind guy go and, look, go and look at some bees, that is not an interesting, apparently, documentary. I'm, I'm into it. So it had, sounds amazing. I, so it had to be... That I was scared, and he persuaded me to go and see it. And so it's just a lie. It's just a lie. How did you? That's quite a weird thing to pitch to you. Can you pretend you're scared of them? Well, you're like, what? It's probably what happened to you. The yeah. director comes and says, "This isn't working. Here's you're going to stand downstairs. You're going to go stand downstairs, and you're going to say it's too rickety. You don't want to go up." And and so and essentially, what you do is you say a version of that. It's 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 deeper than that for for I think for me in senses mm. where you have that internal dialogue with someone saying that to you, but also you have it in yourself because you're yeah. thinking if I don't make this good enough, oh. then I'm not going to be used anymore. So therefore, there's even that. So you're going always on. kind of auditioning. You're all, you're auditioning every time because what that's similar to. I didn't realize we'd have so much crossover. Is panel shows because panel shows yes. aren't your actual job, right? Stand up is your job, mm. but they're. Money, their exposure, they're fun. You get wine in a mug. Yeah. And every single one, you never think, uh, you're always going, I have to be good if I want to be invited back in a year. Absolutely. I guess with punishers, you can sort of sit back a little bit more than you would be able to stand up, right? And you're just kind of, yes. someone else is running the show. But, what, but no one ever goes, Sarah was a great team player. Let's yeah. her have her back. Or she was a great laugher at other people. Mm. You really are. So actually what you have is a thing of like, they're being really funny. I need to like yeah, jump in. I need to say something. That, that's actually yeah. panel shows are, are really tricky um, because it's exactly that, and and there, there's it, it's it's a real talent where that's why some comedians don't work on panel shows because oh, they try and they it becomes they some comedians I find they have to be the funny one, and when they're the funny one, they don't let anyone else be funny, mm. and that's the worst for a panel show. Mm. So the best thing to do is to be funny, but also be generous with it. Yeah. And so that's quite a hard thing as well, because you're yeah. like, well, I need to show off, but yet I don't want to show off too much because I steal it from the everyone people else. people I love to watch on panel shows, so I would use Would I Lie to You as an example, are people who are really funny off the back of what other people have said. So like Lee Mack, who everyone agrees is just you know so witty, so quick. Mm. What's wonderful about him is he wants you to talk, because he knows he's going to say a funny thing at the end. Yeah. So you get to talk. Yes. You get to finish your story. And then he's quip at the end, which gets a big round of applause. And you both feel, oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, because like, you're was, both feeling good. Yeah, you both feel heard. Mm. It is true. It's, it's like a constant audition. But that does bring you back to the thing with comedy, which is where that's why I find it hard. You come off stage and you have to go, okay, now I can be Sarah again. I, I can be myself mm. again, rather than that sort of slightly volumed up version of myself when I'm on stage. Yeah. And that's all, I always found that very hard to step back into. Yeah. And so for, for years, for a couple of years, maybe three years, I was troubling with this like existence of myself where I was like, well, this is who I am, but way more volumed up version, mm. but I need to find that original person again. Did you? Yeah. For you like the, the movie Split. When he's got like 23 personalities. Yeah, it was like that. to the beast. At the it was, yeah. it was like that. And I, would then, and I would then become so socially anxious because I wouldn't yeah. want to go and have a lunch with someone because I thought, well, I'm going to have to make them laugh. Did you have therapy about it? Yeah, that's what oh, saved yeah. me. I still do therapy every week yeah. because of that. I remember walking into the therapy session and saying, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just feel like I, feel like I, I have to be funny all the time. Mm. And they yeah. went, okay, this doesn't sound right. And I yeah. went, yeah, it doesn't feel right. It's interesting that it's funny <laughs> because... 
humor is a distance it's mm. uh, it, uh it's a way of never being authentic actually it's like joking it's a, it's a layer it's flippancy. Of, yeah. and so it's a self-protective thing and it's why most comics aren't very funny in real life because you know they're funny at work and mm. then they just disappoint taxi drivers <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah that's literally it's it. like, literally you just go around disappointing people it's like no this is how that I actually is so am. true because yeah. because yeah because I, I i would probably say that i i can't write i can't write funny like no is but i can probably tell a funny story that's happened mm. to me and so then that that would be fine because then that's every day yeah but if you had to if like if your living was performing stand-up you would learn to write it like playing an instrument it's like going oh i can't play the tuba you would you would learn by doing it. You would craft. You would have some yeah, stories you that you kind of what you go out and try it, and then you'd look and go, it never works when I say that word, or that bit doesn't work, so I'll stop saying that bit. Like you would become a writer. A it bit. becomes a jigsaw. Yeah, because some comics are much more sort of improvisers. It's much more an oral thing, and they learn mm. and they remember what they've said before. What are you? What do you do? Are you? I'm, I'm a, I like a pad and stationery, but I also like going out and having like a very small idea and just talking because you absolutely know because the, the first thing is is it interesting yeah and then if it's interesting you can make it funnier God. if it's not interesting so so then what do you prefer what do you prefer writing stand-up or running your your shows your tv shows um stand-up is like my pudding if that makes sense yeah. i can do i can do proper writing in the day if i've yeah. got stand-up at night stand-up's my social life and i still like obsessed with comedy mm. but this is why i love this conversation yeah yeah no i, I, talk I can about tell. comedy forever and I'm so interested in it and I love watching other people. And actually that's why I think the whole new comedians thing, COVID's been interesting because there's been two years of comics not being able to gig very much. Mm -hmm. But what's going to come out of that, I think people are going to be really surprised, is the diversity of representation. Because really? People, there's been a lot of people, COVID took everything away mm. from everyone in terms of social things and um, enjoyment being in crowds as watchers it took it all away and it made people really evaluate what what did i really enjoy what do i really miss what do i feel really out of control of and for lots of people they were like why didn't i do stand-up when i had a chance yeah those people are going to be coming to the forefront it's gonna be very exciting i think that is so true because they suddenly gone right listen life is short life is this life is that yeah. like i was born in the other thing i'm gonna go and give yeah. it a go and if it's always there for you to go oh i'll try next week or i'm busy at work or mm. i feel scared and then you go oh my god i can't do it i should have done i, I want to do it so listen um i've just realized we've taken so much of your time up we have <laughs> yeah, yeah. i've had a really lovely time i had the loveliest <laughs> time yeah. especially on a monday um listen do we do you have any shows to, can we come watch you anything at all i've got a tour starting in november come so on I'm writing about Ooh. so what i'm trying to write about uh, is two kinds of success so basically career and pregnancy that's what that's what the show is and how you about. juggle it how no no how, literally having success because i had a really successful job but couldn't have this one thing that I wanted. So that's right. what I'm going to try and write about. That's what the show will be about. But funny. <laughs> I know it's yeah. not, it's, it's not yeah, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any, any fake fears yeah. chucked in there? <laughs> I'm terrified of bees throughout. Yeah. Uh, so listen, thank you so much for coming on. Especially, no, honestly, thoroughly enjoyed it more than anything. Um, what we'd like to do at the end of the podcast is leave our listeners with something inspirational. Inspirational? Yeah, from you. Okay. Um, right. I've got, yeah. I've got two quotes come to mind. <laughs> Can't wait. One of them it harks back to something we were talking about in terms of punching down yeah. and, and all of this, the kind of ideas of people as agitators. There's a Michael Frayn quote from the 80s when he was asked about, I think, spitting image. Mm. And he was asked about comedy, um, sort of talking truth to power. And he said, and I think this is really important, I meant to say at the time we were talking, he said that if, um, if you're being 
again, I'm butchering my <laughs> memory. Wait. But basically, um, if your voice, if you can hear your voice in a current setup, then it's working for you. Oh, Does I like that. that. I, yeah. I, I'm really butchering it. But basically, if you can hear people, if people are amplified, if they have platforms, then they are part of the system. Yeah. Yeah. They're not working against it. Yeah, I like yes, that. I'm, I really butchered it. And um, the other one, and this is I heard in a yoga class, <laughs> <laughs> but I really find it helpful for any kind of like putting yourself mm. out there work, but especially for me for stand up, is um, uh, nothing to prove, everything to share. Yeah, I think that takes the pressure off you sometimes a little okay. bit of going. It's not about being the best. Yeah, to make stuff. To yeah, do yeah, stuff. yeah. Sometimes you just have to. Go, I've just got these things to share. If anyone wants some. I, I, just before we go, Oscar Wilde said one, which I heard the other day that Stephen Fry was saying. That he said it's something. I'm going to butcher it as well. But, he's, but we're it, such a bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Club. This is going to be really good. <laughs> it was something like um, Oscar Wilde said to to know what you want to do in life. Um, is a a terrible curse. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a terrible curse to know to to not know what you want to do is a, is an incredible freedom mm. or something. That, and it's so true. We is talk, it about getting what you want? Or knowing what you want. It, knowing what you want. Oh, it's about it knowing really? what you want. Yeah. They say that you can be a you can be a lawyer, a, a yeah. architect, whatever it is. That's great, but you know where your life's going to go. Actually, yeah. the way more fun thing is to not know where your life is going to go. Yeah. And actually, you're way more free. And that was quite a cool thing. I liked yeah. it. Anyway, on that note, Sarah, thank you so much. Everybody, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye! What a great... I feel like we're getting the hack of these. The knack of these? The hack of these at the moment. What, the, the whole interviewing technique? Yeah, just we're just doing... Uh, that was especially easy for me. That was a good one, right? Yeah, I sat back and let you speak. Oh, what, are you gonna, what are you going to eat for dinner tonight? A few things I wanted to say, but I guess there's only so much we can fit in. <laughs> I didn't Thanks cut so you off. We can fit in an hour, so I'll let you carry on. My mum said to me, um, she phoned me up. She's been listening to the podcast and she yeah. phoned me up and she said, you got to stop laughing so much. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She said, you just, you, you just try and laugh too much, don't you? Yeah, I think this is one of these things you sort of looked at, you know, what professional comedians do and people that mm. do professional podcasts and you've gone, right, what works well for them? Laughter. So just force laughter. I don't force laughter. Yeah. My my my, my favorite thing was when you did uh, stand up, yeah, and because I didn't actually see the stand up, but what I did notice about you was you had adopted some sort of techniques and tactics that I think other comedians do, and just the way the way that you spoke and the patter was quite recognizable. There was a like lot, there was there was a little bit of Jimmy Carr in you. No, what? It was like you'd been watching his his shows. That is the biggest lie. I yeah, know. it's not. What would, what was I doing from the what was I copying from Jimmy Carr? Well, his laugh for one. <laughs> um, no, you were, but it's it's subsided now. Okay, uh, back to your authentic self, <laughs> annoying self. <laughs> All right, everybody, listen. Uh, we can't wait to listen. Hit listen to you. Can't wait for you to listen to us next Wednesday on our bonus episode. Have a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Remember to check out our Instagram and TikTok. We're on TikTok now at Private Podcast. Um, slide into them. We want to hear your funny stories, dating stories, scary stories, whatever it is. We want to hear from you. So please slide in. Until then, have a great week. Bye bye.